Welcome. We're excited to begin a new series to launch this amazing year of 2024 and all that God has in this new year. And so we're going to begin with the basics of hearing from God, understanding identity, forgiveness, these these foundational principles of walking in intimacy with God through the year. So we're glad you're here. We're looking forward to diving into this series together. Yeah, Lord, you reign above it all. That's our, uh, that's our only hope, is that you do reign above it all. We're grateful as we look ahead to this new year. Um, that's our hope, is that you reign above it all. We're grateful, and we're ready to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, happy new year. A week in. How's it looking? Yeah, that's what I said. Looking at 2024 up ahead. Wow. Looks daunting, I think. But I'm excited about it. Um, how many, let's just get to the real stuff first. How many of you still have your Christmas decorations up? Wow, just denial, right? You don't want to, trying to hold on. <laughs> No, I was driving, driving around the other night and I saw people with their Christmas lights up. We were like on the 26th, like, it's coming down. You know, like, clean this thing out. Let's get this going. Let's get this year underway. Um, but it's interesting how people go through these holidays. And I guess uh, the Orthodox are like just getting warmed up for Christmas because someone sent me a, from a, one of my Orthodox friends just sent me like, they're still right in the middle of the whole Christmas celebration. It's cool. It's interesting. Um, so, you know, when we, look at, when we look at the new year, 2024, you know, it's, you know, the thing about time is we're not, it's not like coming towards us. It's like we're walking into it, right? We're leaving 2023 and we're walking into 2024. And the only way that 2024 will be different than 2023 or 2022 is that you have to leave 2023. It's about leaving and going to the new thing. It's not about time moving. It's about us moving because time doesn't move. We move. And all time is saying is how long it's taken us to go from here to here. So we're moving into 2024. And God is a God of motion and movement. He's a God that builds systems that progress and grow and live and die and rise again. Move. But that's hard for us. That's hard for people because moving means change and challenge. And uh, I know some of you are doing, did the word, the class where you take the word or you're, you, you ask God for a vision for the new year. Um, and so as I, I was doing that, I did it at, in 2023. We were in the Middle East on New Year's Day, and the Lord like, was pretty clear on what he was. He's not giving you things to do. He's inviting you into things. It's never a command like, go do that. It's an invitation to follow me into this. Because if it's him just saying, go do that, that's frightening. 
But if it's an invitation, follow me, I'm going this way, well, that's beautiful. That's encouraging. And so the things the Lord, two things that the Lord invited me into in 2023, we've followed into it. And it's been really hard, really hard. Maybe some of the hardest stuff I've ever seen. And I was, while, while we were singing those songs, I was remembering um, you reign above it all, Lord, and being thankful. I remember being on the, I just could see this picture in my mind of being on a roof in, in 2004, we were standing on a roof in Baghdad, Easter, Easter Sunday morning. And it, 2003 and 2004 there were not fun. And standing on that roof, watching the sun come up over the Tigris and the Euphrates, and thinking of all the horrible things that had happened in 2003 and 2004, and watching that sun come up and know that like God reigns, he's, he, he's, he's forward, he's ahead of us. And we, our little group that was there at that time just said, one day we're gonna be here rejoicing. So let's rejoice now for what's to come. Faith is the substance of the things you hope for. It's the evidence of the things you don't see yet. And without it, it's impossible to please God. Because you won't move. You won't hope. You won't go forward. You'll stay stagnant. I, I was reading. I like to do this. Um, I was reading through the, the statistics of what people in the U.S., what is their resolutions for 2024, Right? Um, so the highest resolution, 59% of whoever they polled, I mean, it could have been people, I don't know who they polled, but whoever this is, 59% of them, I think it's pretty indicative, um, their, their resolution for 2024 is more money. Last year, it was greater mental health. We're, forget that now. <laughs> forget mental health. That's not this year. 2024, money. Mental health dropped down to six. <laughs> like we don't care if we're crazy or we just need more money. Which means the mental health didn't work. That's what that means. Like you didn't get the mental health answer. So now we're resorting to money, which is an interesting, which is an interesting thing that humans do. Money will do it. Money will save us. Um, the other top ones, reduce stress on the job. <laughs> reduce spending on living expenses. I don't know what that is. Less money on food and energy. Spend less time on social media. <laughs> yeah. But so like my resolution is, if my resolution is more money, it's saying something about the way I think about the world, right? So I... I don't know, for the last two years, I've been really interested in the economic system of the Old Testament. Because, because Moses, Moses, when he's telling the story of creation all the way through up to where he hands it over to Joshua, he's telling the history of the faith, the history of God and man from creation 
to his day, and then he's handing it over to Joshua. It's, it's like astounding what Moses is doing. And so, I don't know, if you don't love the scriptures, you should. Even if you, even no matter how you look at them, if you're just looking at the scriptures as a case study in humanity, they're invaluable. They're, they're astounding. And Mo, like for example, if you think of the book of Leviticus, which nobody does, but if you did, um, the book of Leviticus is a, is a warning against cultic practices that will destroy your country. That's what it is. So like false religion, like religious practices, heresies that will absolutely destroy your country. Deuteronomy is about socioeconomic policies that will kill your country. That's what it is. So if you're just like memorizing Leviticus because I don't know why you would do that, but if you were, if you don't understand it's about, it's attacking cultic practices or religious viewpoints that'll destroy you, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If you get into Deuteronomy, which is a book Jesus quotes quite a bit. When you get into Deuteronomy, it's Moses saying, here's how the world operates. One system is Pharaoh and Egypt. It's like a paradigm of the way you think about everything. Pharaoh and Egypt. And that is the only paradigm in Moses' day that anyone had in the world. That's the only way they knew how to look at the world. Pharaoh and Egypt, and everything that Pharaoh and Egypt represent, which is conflict, power, slavery, racism. It's every bad thing you can think of that humans can come up with. Pharaoh and Egypt. And what Moses is doing is he's saying, we're going to offer an alternative view to this. And the alternative is Moses and Israel or the new land, Canaan, the new land. So because the people he's talking to have never seen anything but Pharaoh and Egypt, they have to learn what the new paradigm is and, that it, and, and does it even work? We're going from Pharaoh to Moses. Pharaoh, idolatry. Moses, the worship of the true God. And underneath Moses, this is the way the governance is going to work with God as the one in charge of this thing. And it's astounding. And then he goes into Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all of those um, laws and regulations. And it's all in relation to that. When you read it in that way and you start looking at like, hmm, here's the question. Huh, do I live under Pharaoh and Egypt or do I live under... And in the New Testament, it goes like this. Pharaoh and Egypt, Moses and the new land. In the, in the New Testament, it's Caesar and Rome versus Jesus and the kingdom. So the, the, this clash in the scriptures in the Old Testament doesn't change in the New. It just levels way up. Oh, now... God himself has come to take on Caesar and Rome. 
So again, you're reading like, okay, so we're going into 2024. It's a kind of exodus. Everything's an exodus. That's why exodus is so important. That's why Paul talks about it. It's why Jesus is in the Jordan, going down in the old and coming up in the new, just like Israel goes down and up and be ascent into Jerusalem. It's the death of Pharaoh and Egypt into the new of Moses and the new land. Or away from Caesar and Rome into Jesus and the kingdom of God. And how do we get there? You have to die to the old. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old, what old? Just bad habits? Yes, but the old paradigm of how you understand everything and the way we understand everything is Caesar and Rome. That's how we think. Do you want to know how I know that's how we think? Look at the world. Look at the world. Every response to everything is war. Power, control, constant anxiety, constant fear, constant pressure, constant racism, just constant division and separation. That's, how do we change, how do we go into 2024? Not like that. We haven't had a good start. It's raging. People are cheering at the death of other people. It's like, it's crazy. So then when you go back and you read something like the Exodus, which is astounding, Exodus is, is Exodus is not a people running away from something. Exodus is not an evacuation plan. Exodus is a transformation plan. And I want to show you why that's true. You can't just leave from here and go to here and not go right back to Pharaoh in Egypt in a different place. That's why resolutions, I want to have more money in the future, like, what is that going to change? That, that's, what, that's what Pharaoh wants. It's what Caesar wants. It's what Rome represents. Let's go get more. And it doesn't matter. Neighbor doesn't matter. In fact, if you dig deep into Deuteronomy, the counter towards selfishness and greed is the word neighbor. It's, it's, it's used more times than almost any other noun in Deuteronomy is the word neighbor. God, neighbor. God, neighbor. You think Caesar cares about God or neighbor? No. It's me and me. It's me and my team. That's Caesar and Rome. And so when Exodus is occurring... You're watching this, these people, this whole people group, in front of them, lays freedom. And, this, and the reason we want to start this year at Christ Fellowship with our fundamentals, which is hearing God, identity, and freedom. Because when 
when Israel is finally sick of being in bondage their whole life to Pharaoh and Egypt and the whole paradigm that that represents, when they're, when they're so miserable, they finally ask God to help, help us. And he immediately responds to them when they go to make that move, to make that move. It's not like, let's evacuate this place. If you run people from one place to another, the problem doesn't get solved. It doesn't get solved. The problem stays and it gets worse. So it's not an evacuation. But for them to move, they have to be able to, number one, hear God. Because they're shifting leadership from Pharaoh's world to the world of the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Can you hear that one? I know you can hear that one. You hear that one 24-7. Can you hear this? Can you hear this voice? I don't even know what it sounds like. It's so counter to this voice, I don't even know what it sounds like. I know we need to learn that. Because if you're going to break out of this... You need a guide, and you need to hear that guide loud and clear because it is counter to everything you ever learned over here. It's going to sound dumb to you. It's going to sound insane to you. Your resolution will be mental health if you start listening to this voice. It's like, we must be nuts. So hearing God is number one, and then as you watch Israel moving, identity is second. Who do you think you are? We're slaves. We're, we, we get our value from what we produce in the marketplace. No, you don't. That's what Pharaoh and Caesar tell you. You don't get your value from what you can produce in the marketplace. You have an inherent value because you were knit together in your mother's womb by God. Distinct and unique and as neighbors to other beautiful, amazing identities. And if you think, like Caesar and Pharaoh tell you, that the way you want to do this is get on your own, be your own person, be tough, be real, you're going to die. I'm saying to you, when you hear God, he's going to say, get in a small group right now. Get in a community right now. I've got something I'm inviting you into. You cannot do it alone. Get in a group. Like, I don't want to be in a group. Bondage. There you go. So, so when you're reading Exodus, and I challenge you to read it, when you're reading it and you're watching this happen, here's the thing. All of us have inside of us this reservoir of how we understand the world. Like we've lear- you learn it from the system that you're in. You just learn it and in school and wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, and you learn it and you're building this reservoir of understanding all the time so that most of what we do is based in memory. Good memory, great. Bad memory, wow. Bad memory like, come on, let's try this. Yeah, we tried it before and it didn't work. Therefore, we're not going. Bondage. Pharaoh, God, Jesus. No, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And, and my word for this year is a, it's one word, it's hyphenated. Level up. Level up. Which to me is like, oh man. I thought I was leveled up in 2023. There's another level? 
Because another level means, you know, another devil, as they say. It's like that thing. It's like, oh, no. When you level up in anything, the competition is, is more challenging. The, the work level is higher. But, it, but if, if you work from anxiety to demonstrate how amazing you are, Egypt. But if you work from shalom, which is the goal under this leader, it's beautiful. And you can do more work over here than you ever will over here. But we need an exodus from this. So you're building up this reservoir. And here's the thing about the reservoir that you're using. When you use the reservoir that you've accumulated through your life, you will not use your imagination. You won't. You'll just keep going back to this old, well, we got a reservoir right here. We'll just use this reservoir of knowledge or whatever. I didn't write this. I wish, I forget who did, but you'll just remember that I said it. That's the important thing. Here's, here's what, I think it's Richard Ward read it. If we do not see, think about looking at 2024. If we do not see what is in our reservoir, like if you don't know what you're drawing from, if we do not see what is in our reservoir, we will understand all new things in the same old pattern way. And nothing new will ever happen. A new idea held by the old self is never really a new idea. That's why identity is so important. That's why hearing is so important. Let me say that again. A new idea held by the old self is never really a new idea. So that's like I'm an Israelite and I'm in the brick factory with my friends and we're making bricks and I go, hey, you know what we could do? We could probably just walk out of here. We could probably just walk right into the desert and run and get out of here. There's a new idea. And not let these guys determine our future. And everyone's like, wow. And then it's like, nah, let's keep doing this. New idea, old reservoir. Why can't we do it? Because they'll come kill us. Because this system will run us over. Because we'll be weak. And you have to fight in this system. And you have to be strong. And you have to be tough. And, and if you, if, uh, sure, I want to love my enemy. Also, but it'll just run you over and kill you. So that's a nice idea, but we're not doing it. New idea, old reservoir. You're not doing it. Whereas, even an old idea held by a new self will soon become fresh and refreshing. Contemplation and prayer, hearing God, fills our reservoir with fresh, clean water. So that even the idea you've had since you were 12 can become new again. Uh, wow. That's astounding to me. So this series, and I, you know, I've got this massive amount of text here, which obviously we, we won't do, but um, I couldn't help it. I, you know, like Alex and, and Stephanie are like, you know, putting all this all together and, you know, they're like, we, we you know, we want to help you get this organized. 
says something about me. Um, it takes a community to help me get organized. So, um, and I'm like, Lord, is this the leveling up? He goes, this is, should just be normal. Not the level up part. What's in your reservoir? So, but anyway, so I'm like, and I'm, so like I'm dumping all this text on him, but it's on Thursday. And you know how, you know what happens between Friday, for between Thursday and today? A lot. That changes everything you just sent him. So I know that, and that's always a frustration. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll see. We'll see. The Lord knew this when he, we were going through this. So, but here's the themes from, in our hearing from God. My question is, my question, well, here's the themes. Let's do that first. Jeremiah, they, see, the organization didn't work. We're, I'm leveling up. <laughs> Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Yes. Amen. There's the promise. There's the promise. Yes. Let's go do that. But we won't. But we could because this is the promise. And then 2 Corinthians where Paul's talking about Isaiah and then who can know the mind of God. He says, but you have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So you have these two Old Testament, New Testament, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Second Corinthians, in this journey, you have the mind of Christ. That's your reservoir. That's the reservoir you're drawing from, the mind of Christ. Old things become new. New things become doable. That, like, it's astounding. Like, let's go. Let's have an exodus. Let's move out of whatever it is that's holding us and move into 2024, not as an evacuation plan, but as a transformation plan. Digging deep into the reservoir of hearing God through the mind of Christ, which each of us have. Knowing that what he's invited us into is beyond what we can ask or imagine. So we won't read all the way through this, but so like I'm thinking about that and I know the Lord's like, Jamie, what you're doing in 2003 and all, it's only worked. It's only been amazing because of the people in this room. Anything I've, we've done in 2023 that was successful only happened in community. I mean, I could name, point to people in this room and I know that what, what I've been engaged in with them, they've been able to do because we've been in community. Like, that's, the, that's what this is the body of Christ. It's how it functions. When you have an idea, get in community. Find the neighbor. Get in community. Don't sit by yourself. It won't work. You don't want it to work that way. You've got to hear God. You've got to understand your identity. You have to move in community. So Exodus, this whole journey that they're on, I, I don't know how many times I've been reading through this passage. The scriptures are so beautiful and rich. You need to read the scriptures. You need to get into the scriptures, but don't read them like you, like they're, this is what Leviticus is saying. Don't read them like it's just a Sunday school class or a religion. It's it's it telling you practices in your life that are related to God that will hurt you if they're not accurate. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, 
economic practices, social practices in your life that will hurt you unless you understand what God thinks about economics and society. Far beyond all this surfacey culture war nonsense that we talk about, which is nothing more than Caesar and Rome. Way deeper than that. And so the passage that I want, I, I'm just going to challenge you to read is Exodus 32 and 33. Those whole chapters. Exodus 32 and 33. Oh, I've been just, just because of things I've been involved in, it, Exodus 33 has just been the solution to really like what seemed like just deadlocked. Exodus 33, there's the answer. The answer for today, the answer for now, because scripture is God breathed. And the word that God speaks through his text and through his spirit and through his people cuts like a sword. It's too, it cuts through all the nonsense and the fear and my self-protection and stuff right down to the very marrow of who I am, Hebrews 4. Like, that's the power of it. And like, get out of Egypt. I felt like that's what the Lord was saying to me. Why do you keep going back? But I'm not, I'm free, I'm out. No, you're not, you're back here. Look at this passage, Exodus 20, 21, just kind of the intro into it. The people, look where the people are. The people stood far off. What's Moses doing? While Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Where is God? Is he in the happy, warm, come on in, let's think about money this year? No. No, that's where everyone wants to stand. Where is he? Where, how do we break out of Pharaoh and Egypt or Caesar and Rome? How do we get out of it here first? And then physically, because Israel, when they go into exile later, because the prophets are all talking about Levitical practices that will kill you and socioeconomic practices that already have killed you and they go into exile. But they were in exile here hundreds of years before they ended up in Babylon or Assyria. Exile starts here. And you can't come back to the land without coming back to the land here first. You can change the location. Nothing changes. Where do we go to God to get out of Egypt and Pharaoh? Where is he? He's in the dark cloud. He's, he's in the place you don't think you want to go. Because it's intimidating. God invites us into stuff that we can't do without him. And when he invites us, we're like, we can't do that. And he's like, I know. But you could if you were with me and you were with the community. You could. Because it's in you, but only a piece of it's in you and a piece of it's in him and a piece of it's in her. And then so the goal is, does he hear God? Does she hear God? Do you hear God? Beautiful. Does she know who she is? Does he know who he is? Do you know who you are? Beautiful. Get together. You're free to go. Hearing 
identity free. Walk out of Rome, go. Where? To the land that I will show you. Where is that land? You've been in it the whole time. You've been there the whole time. You just didn't know it. Because your reservoir is polluted with empire and Pharaoh and Caesar and Rome and all of that stuff. It's not the kingdom. It's not with your neighbor. So he goes into the dark cloud and the people stand afar off. So this whole next section, let's see, what shall we do? Exodus 32. Now I picked Exodus 32 because it's kind of the culmination of the whole thing. But Moses goes up and down the mountain eight times. I don't know if you know that. Kind of when you're growing up and going through the stories, you know, it's just like, I went up there and all this stuff happened and he came back down. He goes up and down a lot. So I just, I just started thinking, well, how many times do I have to go up and down the mountain to hear God explain what's going on? A lot. Often. What's it like there in your quiet time space? It's a giant dark cloud with thunder and lightning. Think about that in your house. If people are like, where's your little prayer spot? And you point to a part of your house that's basically falling down because there's a tornado in that corner of your house. And it's a hurricane and there's thunder and lightning. It's over there. Would you like to come join me in my quiet time? No. That's where he's going. And the people are like, we're not going there. We're not free to go there. Why? Because we're afraid to hear that voice. What's that voice going to say? We have to protect ourselves from the voice inside the dark cloud. So you're not going to hear. Just tell us what he says and we'll decide if we like it or not. Oh, you're never going to know who you are. So the person that hears what I say that I heard in there, you're not going to be able to receive it because you'll listen in a false identity and you're trapped. You'll hear it as a grasshopper. You won't hear it as a light on a hill, a champion. You won't hear that. You'll hear it as a grasshopper and a grasshopper will hop away and die in the desert. So Moses is going up and down and this is the eighth time. Part of the eighth time. So I'll read into some sections. Okay, 33, one through six. Watch this. The Lord said to Moses, so, so, okay, Moses. So way back, a long time ago, Moses is doing his New Year's resolutions out in as a farmer, a sheep herder, and he has the burning bush experience. A stunning. He has a burning bush experience, and in the burning bush experience, he meets God for the first time in a bush that's, on fire, but not consumed. It's a whole beautiful, incredible metaphor in that. And, and he has this interaction with the living God. And the living God says, you can't do it on your own because when you tried to set the Hebrews free, you did it the way Pharaoh and Egypt do it. You tried to kill the bad guy. It doesn't work that way. Look what happened when you did Pharaoh and Egypt on the taskmaster. You're in exile. You're a murderer. Now you're afraid of them. You think they control your future and you're gone. You're, you're like the leader of a nation. What job have you settled for? Sheep herder. What are you doing? Why are you here? I, I feel like God says that to me all the time. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? 
You were made to be doing this. What are you doing over here? Gideon, Gideon, <laughs> what are you doing hiding in a cave? Doing, doing farming tactics. You're the leader of a nation that needs you. You're a mighty warrior. Hearing from God and identity leads to Gideon's freedom. Hearing from God and identity leads to Gideon's freedom, which leads to the freedom of 10 of his neighbors. Hearing from God and discovering identity of Gideon and 10 of his neighbors leads to hearing from God and identity for Gideon's father and his family. And on it goes until they're all free. What if Gideon hears from God, understands his identity, and stays in a cave? Not that valuable. Neighbor. Love God. Love yourself in the right way. Love your neighbor. We don't love our neighbor, whoever they are. So Moses has had this experience. It's been, he's 40 years out working at this job when he should be in this vocation. So 40 years. Now he's invited into, let's level up, Moses. I know I'm sure you love the sheep career, but level, let's level up. So something that's always burned in your heart. The fire inside of you that burns, but don't let it consume you. Just let it burn white hot and let's go do it. So he goes and he's in that and that whole process is going just this years of work in this thing. And it's like, is this thing ever going to happen? God, you invited me into this. And it's like, so my question is, before we get into, you're going to hear excellent teaching like you always do here on hearing God and identity and freedom and all our different, amazing, diverse speakers. It's so gorgeous. I've, I've never worked in a place where it's like this. I'm telling you the truth. It's my third year here. It's like, I was joking, um, telling our newest person on the team, you're on the best team in the world. And I'm not joking. That to, that's in my view. So, so Moses is far into this. And my question for Moses and for myself is, what happens when you, like know, you know you hear God and you know your identity and you're certain that he invited you into this thing and you're in it and it's kind of going and then the whole thing goes up in flames? That's my question. Because we're going to talk about hearing, we're going to get good at it, it's a constant practice, and identity, constant disciplines and practices, and freedom also, because we'll so quickly drift back into slavery. Oh, I do it all the time. Eesh. So what happens though when you're down the road and it's going, and all of a sudden the thing just falls apart? So I, I was asking God, where in, because this is the beauty of the scripture, you should go back to the scripture and go, where's an example of what I'm struggling with? That's the beauty of this. And there's tons of it. And so I just find this example. Okay, here's Moses. He's got the plan. He's had the plan for decades. He's working it. He's sacrificing for it. He's giving up everything for it. And here we are. Seven times been up the mountain with God. And here he is this time. And what happens? I'll just read the beginning of this. The Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here, you and the people from whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
to your offspring I will give it. Here's the vision. I will send an angel before you and will drive out the Canaanites. By the way, side note, Canaanites, <laughs> these, are, these are not to be read as people groups. In the Hebrew, Canaanite represents a socioeconomic philosophy. If you think this is, to, if, if we read this, oh, he didn't like those people. Wrong, wrong. God never doesn't like people. If you ever read these, you, you can't read these passages as if God's just going around kind of basically killing everybody. You miss the whole, that's what Moses is trying to tell us. You have to be careful. Canaanite philosophy was a very, was the, was the socioeconomic strategy of Pharaoh and Egypt. And Moses and God keep saying, when you go into the land, do not adopt the policies of the land you just left in the new land, which is what refugees do. We're being tortured. We're being punished. We're being persecuted. We're going to, and, and we don't, we're going to go over here. And what are you going to do over there? Same thing to them. Because you're just taking from the same reservoir over here. And the empires rise and fall and they rise and fall and they never change. This is a change. So he's saying, we're not going to have that. I'll send an angel before you to drive them out. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go up among you. Why? Because when Moses is up on the mountain, the people, in the whole first section that I'm skipping here, the people take the gold that they brought with them out of Egypt and they make their own God. So they're liberated and they're in the way that it works. God actually uses the enemy to finance them out, to finance the new thing. But instead of using the resources in a new way, in a new style of economics, they melt down the resources and make an idol to follow. And the money, instead of liberating them, becomes their God. And their number one resolution becomes, we need more money this year. Pharaoh, Caesar, Egypt, Rome, back in charge again. Halfway through the journey with the living God. And Moses is up there and he's... And the Lord's like, uh, you, you need to go back down. Why? You're not going to believe this. They've made another God. Who's helping them? Aaron. You're a guy. So Moses goes down there and you, I mean, read it. It's such a, it's an amazing story. It's such a great story. But, but the worst part of this whole thing, and this is what I just want you to get, is, is Moses hearing this, these words right here. Go to the land, this is, this is verse 3, 33, 3. Go to the land filling with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you. This is the biggest, most horrible thing Moses can hear, is that somehow you're down the road, things are falling apart, and God himself has left you. That is the most dangerous temptation you will ever encounter. This, this, you have no idea how this is all going to go. But here's the one lie you better never believe, that God himself is not gonna, no longer going to go with you. It's the same thing Jesus was concerned about in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
Jesus in the garden, what are his guys doing? Sleeping, betraying, and denying. Moses, what are your people doing? They made another God. They made another God. They're going off. They're going back to Egypt out here in the middle of the desert. They're going back here. You could go back to Egypt on Tuesday morning. That's how fast we'll go back to Egypt. But when the thing's falling apart on you, the biggest temptation is to believe God himself has forsaken me. It is never true. Jesus in the garden in Hebrews 5 says he's terrified of being separated from the great presence of God. Look at this. I'm going to read fast. Verse 4. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned. No one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you are stiff-necked people. Yes, that's that's their false identity. You're a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Take off Egypt. That's what he's saying to him. If I go down there and you are dressed in Egypt and Rome, I will consume you because we will not have this falsehood exist. You want to destroy a country and a land, join Caesar and Rome or Pharaoh and Egypt and that land will die just like they did. Take off the ornaments. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb. 33.7. Now Moses used to take the tent. Look at this. Look what he does. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, for off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord, everyone who sought the Lord, what do you do when the thing's going up in flames? Everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. And when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak with Moses. What do you do when the whole thing is falling apart? You go to the Lord. You go to the tent of meeting. You go to the place of the Lord. Verse 11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man hearing from God. As he speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua. There's the number two guy. Where is he? Right next to Moses. Who's going to be our next leader? The guy that's right there. Not the guy over there saying, oh, this is never going to work. Not that guy. Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, identity, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, Please show me now your way that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And, he's, and God said, my presence will go with you. I will 
never leave you or forsake you. No matter how bad this gets, I will never leave you or forsake you. My presence will go with you and I will give you shalom. And as he said to him, and he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight and I and your people, who your people are? Is it not your going with us? Isn't this the whole point? Is intimacy with you? Hearing from God isn't about formula. It's about intimacy with God. It's not about instant answers and It's about intimacy with God. That's what God wants with you. Intimacy with you and intimacy among us. That's what he wants. And we will win. I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing you have spoken, I will do. I will do for you have found favor in my sight, even though your leadership isn't working, it seems. This very thing you have spoken, I will do for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Hearing, identity, and Moses, you are free. Moses said, then... How intimate can we be? Please then show me your glory then. Like all the way, come on. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. But he said, you You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place of me where you shall stand in the rock, and while my glory passes by you, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. In this whole situation that that they're in, what pe- in all of how horrible it's all going, what does God say about it? I am a gracious and merciful? Not mad. I'm not mad at all this. I'm gracious and merciful. What I want is intimacy with you. That's what I want. Here's what you do when the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> and it will, I promise you, because it's not going to go the way you think. And when it falls apart, here's what you do. This is my little line down there. You stop right now. You stop. This is the eighth time Moses has gone up. Stop. Don't keep pushing. Don't quit. Stop. Be still. Get with God. Get alone with God. Get with God. Stop. And when you get with God, drop what you do in any fire, you stop, you drop, and you roll. You stop and you get alone with the Lord. And you drop down on your knees. And you put your head on the ground with him. You submit yourself to God. 
draw. And when you roll, the first thing you do is let all the responsibility roll off your back right to his feet. If you're not going, I'm not going. And if you go, I'm not staying. I just want to know who you are and that I'm with you and that you're with me. Let the emotion drop. Let the drama drop. Let all the false identity drop to his feet. Let it roll off of you. And then roll with what he says. Roll with him. Pivot with him. Let's go. We're going this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Stop, drop, roll. How often? All the time. This isn't in the notes. Exodus 34 says this. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed before Moses, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, even when everyone's building their own idols around you, even when all that's going on and your leadership is falling apart and the whole thing's going sideways and it's in flames, up or down in flames, God is a God of mercy. He passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Yes, that's the God we're following. Verse 10 and 34 says, and he said, God said, behold, I'm making a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been created in all the earth or any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you in 2024. What gives me confidence is not if it goes up in flames, when it goes up in flames or down in flames. Stop. Get with the Lord. Drop down on your knees. Let all the weight and responsibility roll to him. And then roll with the way he says to go. Let's go this way now. Not that way, this way. And these folks, they're not coming. But we are going into 2024 because he's graceful and merciful. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you that the exodus that we're in every day. <laughs> the crucifying the old and the new is being brought in, that we bring it from a reservoir of you, of truth, of the mind of Christ, of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, because the empire will rage against us. We know it. We know it. But you will never leave us or forsake us. Other people will make other gods, but you will never leave us or forsake us. So Lord, I, I, I just pray right now as we're closing, and I, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come forward, if you would come up here. For all of us out here, today, as we go into 2024, let's, let's stop. It should just be a practice, stop. 
Stop trying so hard or stop being afraid to move. Stop. Stand in the presence of God. Kneel. Drop into submission to the Lord. And just tell him what you're afraid of. Tell him what's hurting you. Tell him that you're afraid that he's not going to go with you. And then when you've let it all at his feet, left it his, like, then listen to what he says and roll with what he says. Stop, drop, roll. And Lord, as we do this in your presence, regularly in community and alone, Lord, would you, would you take us into 2024? Because we want to go. We want to go. And I'm glad to be here, Lord, with these people. And I want to go. And we want to go together. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jamie. Let's give it up for Jamie. Yeah. Um, hey, just a few things I want to make you aware of. Kind of just as we're kicking off the new year, you may or may not already know, we start our 21-day corporate fast tomorrow. Uh, which we, we do every year. So if you're new here, this is just a way that we kick off the new year at Christ Fellowship to really kind of center our hearts on the Lord uh, to start the year off right, uh, just centered on Him. And so there's three ways that you can participate in the 21-day fast. Uh, the first is choosing what you want to fast from, right? Whatever that may be. There's no uh, parameters on it. It could be a food fast, but it might be social media or alcohol, tobacco, something like that. Uh, but really the heart of it is to withhold from that thing to behold Jesus. And then the two other ways you can participate is uh, every uh, night, Monday through Friday, the next three weeks, we're going to have the prayer room in here at 7 o'clock. So this room will be open for you to worship, pray, spend time with the Lord, rest in his presence. Uh, so definitely encourage you to do that. And then the last one is you can text uh, that number on the screen and every morning you'll be sent a devotional written by somebody, a part of our community to kind of engage us in the scriptures, engage us in fasting and what the Lord has for us. So encourage you to jump into it. We're really excited for it and hopefully we'll see you here tomorrow night for our prayer room. All right, have a good Sunday, guys.